0: comes to fighting most people only consider or some people only consider the physical aspect. You know how how somebody going to be using their fist or may knee somebody you know or may stomp Somebody, some of y'all know what that is. You ever got in a fight and you use your knee, you stomp somebody. You know, I, I remember one time I was in a fight and uh, losing. I was, I was losing. And, uh, but it was a bottle. It was a bottle laying around. You know, and I said, yeah, hey, I can get an advantage with this bottle right here. So I picked up the bottle. Don't y'all look at me like that. I was a sinner, <laughs> <laughs> and I used the bottom. But when you think about fighting, most of the time you are, you are concerned with the physical aspect. You know, you even go so far as, as to looking at the person from a physical standpoint and trying to figure out based upon uh, how big the person is and and what shape the person looks to be in, whether or not you're going to have to pull out your knife or something. Y'all ain't really been in no fight. <laughs> Let me go over here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're going to fight somebody, you just sizing them up to see whether you're going to have to use something or not. But if you'll notice in the text, Moses was not primarily concerned with the physical aspect of fighting. That was not his his primary concern. His primary concern uh, based upon the text at least the implication is that he was concerned number one about their mental state. You know what how they would think during the battle. Then want them to get in the fight and, and start allowing their mind to wonder. He was also concerned about their emotional state. And again, this is the implication based upon the verse. Because you don't want to get in a fight and then... Uh, in round one, you feel like you're going to lose. Because if you start feeling like you're going to lose in round one just because somebody hit you with a right cross or an uppercut, you know, you, you're messing up if, if you're feeling like that. And so he was concerned with their mental and emotional state In reference to a fight. And so that's how he was preparing them. And when it comes to a child of God, Paul was concerned in reference to the church being able to fight not only a good fight, but get this a fight of faith. Moses was preparing them mentally and emotionally, primarily. And Paul wanted the church, when it came to fighting, to be prepared to fight a good fight, but a good fight of faith. Matter of fact, let's look at that. Let's just look at that before I go further. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And this is what he was telling Pastor Timothy, that, that he needed to be prepared for who in turn would relate a message to the church. Y'all going to stay with me, right? You with me so far? Okay, consider 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Paul said to Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Your fight needs to be beneficial, Timothy. But it needs to be a faith fight. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to fight based upon the word. You have to fight based upon the word. And when you consider Luke 4, uh, no doubt, it was a fight going on between Satan and Jesus. Jesus was weak physically, but he fought Satan, but he fought him with faith or the word. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. You have to fight the good fight of faith. Because some enemies you're going to fight, child of God, you won't see. They are invisible. Maybe a virus trying to attack you. You have to fight that virus based upon your faith. Based upon what you have been receiving according to the written and revealed word of God. But then you also have to consider faith based upon Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have to have hope or expectation when you fight. Romans 8, 24 and 25 says in part, hope that is seen is not real hope. But when you hope for that you don't see, then you just sit back and just wait. Just wait for manifestations to start taking place. That's how how faith is. You you just be waiting for God to do what he promised you. You be waiting for him to show up and show out, knowing according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, that if he promised you something, it will come to fruition. Why? All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And so you have to be to the point to where you fight the good fight of faith. And and even when you're battling in your mind, in your body, in your finances, or some other aspect of your life, you don't try to change the strategy. You still fight the good fight of faith. How am going to fight a money situation with faith because the word of God is the most powerful thing there is on earth that's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35 heaven and earth shall pass but not my word your word ain't going to pass everything we see going to pass but not your word why not your word is that powerful is that amazing? Is that incredible? Is that awesome? The word is so awesome to where you can just think or say a thing based upon it, and God will cause it to manifest. God honors his word. I said, God honors his word. I said, God honors his word. That's the reason we need to be like David. David said, your word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. I'm keeping what you said, preacher, because it was based upon the word. I'm keeping what I read this week. Why? Why? Because God's word will not fail. I'm going through something, but he told me to count it all joy. I'm going through something, but he let me know. Whipping may endure for a night, but some joy is coming in the morning. Say to somebody, it ain't nothing like the word of God. That's the reason I dance when it comes to the word of God. I turn in victory when it comes to the word of God. I leap for some joy when it comes to the word. I don't even take folks saying unless it's based upon the word of God. Why is that? Because God's word has the final say. Y'all didn't hear me earlier what I said. Heaven and earth shall what? But not God's word. His word has the final say I'm going to fight the good fight of faith I'm going to stand on God's word I'm going to hope even when it does not look like my hope is doing any good simply because hope is a part of faith again Hebrews 11 and 1 now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. but then it goes on and say by it the elders who elders obtain what a good report a good testimony we got some elders that that can bag that scripture up they can get up right now and give you testimonies that will last until tonight but we can't stop with the elders we can go on to the senior ministers. We can go on to every person in the house of God that has testimonies of God doing what man said couldn't be done. Why does it happen like that? Because can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. And so you have to understand that, that when you're fighting... It can look as if the weapon that has been formed is going to consume you or overtake you. But I got to show you something. Go with me to Isaiah 54. I know you can quote it, but I want you to see it. Isaiah 54. Y'all stay with me. Isaiah 54 and 17. Ready? No weapon formed against you. Put your name down. Let's start over. No weapon formed against Barry shall prosper. And folk gonna talk about you, but notice this. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Why is this going to happen to me? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me. Says who? It's going to happen for you because you are a servant of God. You serve the most high God. Jah is your God. Yahweh is your savior. Jehovah is the one you have a covenant with. And he is going to make sure everything that he promised will come to fruition. Do you see this verse? No weapon that is what? Against who? Touch yourself like that. Shall prosper. That's reading. God is known for turning things around. You can never count God out. You always base what God can do on what He has already done. Why is that? He changes not. He brought me out of that, and though I'm going through a fight right now, He's gonna bring me out of this. Yeah, I done been in this situation before, and the last time I was in this situation, he brought me out, and because he does not change, he going to bring me out of this situation too. So I'm going to shout, I'm going to dance, I'm going to turn in victory right now, because if he deliver me back, then he'll deliver me And so again, back in Deuteronomy 20 and 1, Moses was preparing the people of God to go out and fight. And he, and he wanted them to know up front, look, the folk you're going to be fighting against are your enemies. Don't try to act like they are your friends. Don't be going around talking about my cancer, my heart. That ain't your friend. my COVID that ain't your friend that's something that's attacking your body that's an enemy trying to come against you you don't take ownership of that Some of y'all look offended when I said that. I wasn't trying to offend you. I'm just trying to let you understand that those are enemies. Well, you know, I, I, I have depression. Oh, no, you fighting depression. you fighting this, that, and the other. But that is not you. You are a child of God. You are more than a conqueror. You are the blessed of God. You are a servant of the Most High. An enemy is a thing or a person that opposes you. that is in disagreement in opposition against you you don't accept what an enemy is doing you fight it you have to be offensive when it comes to enemies you have to let the enemy know just like you and I'm going to attack you back just like you aggressive I'm aggressive too Real fighters are defensive and offensive. You do what you need to do to protect yourself. That's the reason you pray every day. Why are you praying? I'm protecting myself. Prayer protects you. Jesus himself said in the book of Luke 18 and 1. Men ought always to pray and not faint. I'm praying to protect myself. I'm using my faith to protect myself. That's the reason Paul revealed that faith is a shield. told the church, take the shield of faith. Jesus didn't tell for I'm gonna take your disease. No, Jesus said, here. let him go, let her go." Some demons had gotten a man that that, he was so crazy to where he was standing in the graveyards. Jesus showed up. And they asked, you you done came to torment us? You done came to do this, that, and the other? And Jesus, when all was said and done, said, y'all got to let him go. Y'all got to come out of him. And they said, well, can we go in them pigs over there? Yeah, but you got to get out of him. And he used the word, used his faith to drive out demons. And so Moses wanted them to know these are your enemies. Children of Israel had to deal with physical enemies as well as spiritual enemies. Same as us. We have to deal with physical and spiritual enemies. Like it or not, it's folks that don't like you to smile in your face. Used to be an old song that was partly true. Smiling faces tell lies. The young folk don't know what I'm talking about. I done went back to the club for a minute. But it was only as an example. (laughs) Wasn't it partly true? Smiling faces, what? They're not every smiling face. But some do. And so, Moses, in preparing them to fight their enemies, if you'll notice in the text, he wanted them to know that they were going to see some things. And you have to understand that that see in Scripture is not only based upon what you can literally behold with your eyes, but what you can discern. You can not only see certain things when when you look at a person, but you can be around the person and you can start to discern. That person's attitude. That person's demeanor and so forth. How many are understanding? And and so notice he said, when, when you come before your enemies, go back there with me. Go back to Deuteronomy 21. Let's deal with it again. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots which were instruments of war. So you're going to see instruments of war. And and see, at the time, Israel, when they were getting ready to take over the land, they did not have chariots, which were primarily war machines. In our day and time, it would be like tanks and other weapons of war. But see, Israel didn't have this because Israel was just getting established to go out and fight. And so, Moses was basically letting them know, you're going to see them with some stuff you don't even have. They're going to have some instruments of war that that are going to look real devastating to you they're going to be to the point that well if you look at them you'll get nervous if you're not focused on god let them know they're going to have horses they're going to have chariots and then he dropped on them and, and the people are going to be more numerous than you the odds are going to be in their favor as well so Moses you trying to tell us they gonna have better weapons than us as, as, as well as outnumber us seem like we we done long before the fight even began and how many know sometime before you even fight something it seem like it's over God telling you to go get this, that, and the other, and, and you know your credit shot. It seems like you already you already gone in loss. So why go? Because God, God told you to come. He know your credit shot. He He know you ain't got no money to put down on it, but he still told you to go. He know other folk want the same thing you got, and they got the credit to get it, and they got the money to get it, but he's still telling you to go. That's the picture. You're outnumbered. The arts are in their favor. They got better weapons than you, but I still want you to go out and fight them. I mean, God does some things that, that if you're not focused, it, it'll boggle your mind. Said to Gideon, who was getting ready to go up against the greatest army at that particular time, he, he said, look, I see you got 30,000 out there, but look, I, I, just, can't, I just can't let all 30,000 go with you. Because if 30,000 go with you, y'all will be talking about what y'all did, and, and this ain't about y'all, this is about me. So what I need you to do, I need you to find out who really trusts me. Take them down to the river. And we're going to find out who really has some faith. We're going to find out who really believe that I am Jehovah Jireh, the God that we will provide. We're going to find out who really believe that I am Jehovah Nissi. They're going to recognize my banner, my sign, that I can do anything save fail. Take them down to the river. I told Gideon now before I do the river test just ask them point blank who's afraid who's filth and when they throw their hand up and when they say they are just tell them to go on to the house he said but those are not afraid take them to the river and we're going to see what's going on when all was said and done he only took three And God said to him, with these 300, I'm going to deliver the Midianites, your enemy, into your hand. Put him in a situation where the odds were completely against him. But when all was said and done, Gideon came out victorious. Good God, I'm talking to somebody. Hold your claps. The odds are against you. They are not in your favor. You need to focus. You need to recognize that your God can do anything save fail. And if God is for you and everybody else is against you, you still are on the winning team. I said you're still on the winning team. And so he wanted them to know it does not matter that you're outnumbered. It does not matter that you don't have the weapons that they have. But see, sometimes people look too much and then talk about what they see, but they talk Too much. And see talking too much. Can mess you up. Especially when you're talking. Ungodly talk. You have to remember what Solomon revealed. In Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life. Are in the power of the tongue. And you sitting there allowing death to come out of your mouth. You earn your own self. And so after he told them what they were going to see. He then said to them. Just cause you see that. You don't need to be afraid. You're going to see it, but you don't need to be afraid. Yeah, you're going to look at a report you don't like. Yeah, you're going to get a notice that ain't going to make you happy, but you can't allow it to make you afraid. In this life, some things are going to happen that's going to try to make you fearful and may do it a minute, but you can never allow fear to get embedded in your being. When fear the minute you sense fear it's time to fight. It's time to resist it. Because it's ungodly. You don't let an ungodly spirit become a part of your thinking, your words and what you do. Second Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. What he give us? A spirit of power. What you mean a spirit of power? We got the Holy Ghost. You remember what Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. When? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many know you got divine power? And Moses turned around and gave them a reason why they should not fear. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. Notice this. He he says, "You, you should not fear or be afraid, number one, for the Lord your God, he with you. He protecting you. Exactly what it means. He is protecting you. He is on your side. He see the same report, but he with you. He know exactly what was going on. He he knew it would happen before you were born. He's all knowing, omniscient. He's with you. Touch yourself and say, God is with me. Touch yourself one more time and say, God is with me. He is protecting me. He is supporting me. But it's never on your timetable. He does it according to his will. Why does he do it according to his will? Because he is the sovereign. You are not the sovereign. God is not your servant. You're his servant. See, some folk think they can tell God what to do. No, you the servant. He the sovereign. That's the reason he talked. Look, it's, whatever happened to you is going to be based upon my manual. But you servant, I'm sovereign. So don't think when you tell me to do it and you want me to do it that day that I'm going to do it. You got to remember the manual. You servant, I'm sovereign. I'm with you. I'm with you. And so you got to know when, when nobody is physically around that God is with you. Matter of fact, if there's a crowd with you, but God is not with you, you're in trouble. See, what folks don't understand in, in the time that we're living, living in, the reason we don't have to fear is because we know God is with us. See, you fearful because you don't have God with you or you don't believe what you're telling folks you believe. I know up here on this stage, God is with me. I know when I leave here, God is with me. And see, you have to know that as a child of God, that God is with you. And and look at what we're talking about in your fight, in your battle, in your trials, in your troubles, in your tribulation. You have to know that God is with you. I can't fight for you, but God can. God can fight for you in ways nobody can fight for you. And he's going to do it. Why? He's with you. We talking about what you're going to do. You're going to follow God. You're going to wait on God. You're going to allow God to do what he do. What do we do? Be God. You know, because we we'll are change. One minute we we mighty prayer warrior. Then the next minute we wondering. God don't go through them little changes. He don't go through them stages. God changes not. Y'all still ain't happy right here, but God changes God. As I close, is you got to know that God is with you. Then, then he takes them back. You, you know, sometimes God ha- have to take you back to let you know how, how awesome he is. And how awesome he was in your life. Notice he makes it personal. He makes it personal. To them. He's, he's, look, I'm, I'm talking about that same God that brought y'all out of Egypt. You, you know that same God when Pharaoh was all up against your back. And you had the Red Sea in front of you, and y'all didn't have no boat, and everybody couldn't swim. And if even if you could swim, you couldn't swim that far. I'm talking about that same God that knew if He didn't step in, that y'all were going to be looking at death for real. God, st- didn't He step in at the Red Sea and say, "Hey, Moses, that stick you got." Lift it up and watch me work. How many got a testimony of God will work when it seemed like nothing can be done? And so that's that's what he wanted them to understand. The arch were against them. They had better weapons. So they had to look for God to divinely show up and do the miraculous God is known for miracles. When when, when folks are right at the edge and and don't have nowhere else to go, then God will show up and show out. And and what I love right now is that we don't have to go to the scripture to back up what I just said. There are folk over here, folk in the middle section, Folk over here, God has done for you what folks said couldn't be done. Folk be like, how in the world did she come out of that? Wasn't nobody but God. How she come out of the predicament she was in? It was nobody but the Lord. How in the world he go from zero to ten that quick? It wasn't him. It was God showing forth his hand or his power. <laughs> he was letting them know the same God that brought you, get this, out of Egypt. The one that brought you out of Egypt is going to bring you out of this right here. Can, can you imagine some of them who really received the word that Moses spoke? Can you imagine them dancing? <laughs> Woo, yeah, he brought us through that red sea, didn't he? You remember he made, he made that sea. he made two sides stand up and we walked across on dry land. Woo, didn't he give us the victory that day? Didn't God show up and show out that day? He wanted them to remember that. Say to your neighbor, you got to always remember how God brought you out of your Egypt. You got to always remember that. Because the same way he brought you out of that, he'll bring you out of what you're going through right now. But I need to show you something. Go with me to the book of Micah. Look at your faces. You don't even know where to go to find Micah. (laughs) Best way to get to Micah is to go to Malachi. That's what I'm going to do. And go back about two or three books and you'll see Micah. And consider Micah the sixth chapter. The sixth chapter. Now, if you can't find it that way, just just break down and go to your table of contents. (laughs) Notice Michael, the sixth chapter. And notice this, verse 4. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeem you from, now notice what Egypt connotes the house of bondage. I redeem you. I brought you up from each, your deliverance was divine and, and I'm going to tell you something you can't expect folk who don't know the power of God to understand when you tell them God going to bring you up that, That's reason really, I don't even waste my time telling folks uh. That I'm coming out of something because I know they ain't ready for this. If I tell them God gonna turn this thing around, they ain't ready for that. They'll, they'll be talking about I'm in denial, I'm, I'm thinking crazy, I'm not using common sense, and they would be right I ain't using no common sense because I'm a faith walker. Why you ain't allowing such as i I'm a faith walker. But notice, God brought them out of Egypt. Egypt was a land of bondage. Now understand bondage in one sense is something that's trying to hold you down. Hold you back from receiving your promised land. From receiving what God has ordained for you to have. God told Pharaoh time and time again let them go. He wouldn't let them go. He wanted to keep them in bondage. Keep them from receiving what God had laid up for them. And see people right now that are not submitting to the will of God are actually keeping are allowing bondage to keep them from receiving what God has ordained for them to have. See, Pharaoh only wanted the Israelites to do what he wanted them to do. Because, see, at the time, Pharaoh was in control of everything on earth save the Most High God and Moses, his servant. That's the reason Moses had to go to Egypt and let Israel know, look, Pharaoh ain't as as bad as he trying to make y'all think. God got all the power. Pharaoh is only using what God allows him to use. But when God tells him that it's time to release y'all, if he does not do it, Pharaoh messing up his own self. And you know what happened to Pharaoh? He got took out with his soldiers, died in the Red Sea, even though Paramount's version. or when you look at it on TV, Pharaoh lived, that's completely in contrast to the Bible. you have to stay in the will of God or submit to the will of God. A bondage will keep you in the place it desires you to be. I refuse to be a slave when God done freed me. I refuse to be a slave when God is still sending forth a word to free me. That's how he frees us now. Oh, look how you're looking. John 8, 31 and 32. and Paul says, and you will know what? The truth. And the truth shall make you free. I divinely brought you up. And again, Moses told him, this is how God going to bring you out this time. In a miraculous or divine way. But the text is bigger than Israel. God going to bring his children up in a divine way. I said God going to bring his children up in a divine way. I need to rephrase it. God is bringing his children In a divine way Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast With Bishop Barry D. Walker Please stop by our website For more information on our church At www.applaceofrefugechurch.org Until next time Remember Jesus came that you might have life And have it more abundantly